Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're in our fall series called Live Well. As we look at biblical principles together, this series will help equip you to live well through the challenges we all face in life. Well, I want to welcome all of you back to week two of a series that I'm really excited about and I know many of you are engaging with. It's week two of our series we've entitled Live Well. I want to welcome those watching online as well as those at 1230 who are making room and making space for others. And we started this series, kicked it off last week. There's still a place for you in small groups if you want to jump in with us. They've only met one time. I know there are people there ready to welcome you. We have a table out in the commons here at the Keller campus ready to receive you and help you get engaged with this series. This series, for those of you maybe just jumping in, is all about life. And I know a lot of times we are trying to figure out our lives We're trying to understand what's coming and what's in the future, and we're trying to plan and organize our lives. And a lot of times the last place we go is we would go to Jesus to tell us about how life works, or even that we might think Jesus would have good things for our lives, or that living well would include the spiritual side of life. And so what I love as a pastor is I have the opportunity to introduce you to this Jesus, introduce you to this Bible that talks about where you live every single day. And Jesus in John 10, 10 told us that he wants us to live well. He said in his own words, I came that you might have life and you might have it to the full. Now some may say, does that mean that if we uh, ascribe to this Jesus life that that then somehow means we don't have challenges? No, Jesus covered that too. And all of us know that those things are part of life. We have challenges, we have circumstances. But he said, in the midst of those circumstances, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. And so each week we're looking at, in our current context, some of the challenges with life and we're letting the Bible, that's not just an ancient book of a whole bunch of old stories about people who are disconnected from us, We're letting it speak to us where we really live, and so that's an exciting time together. This week, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. We're going to talk about an area of life that that all of us deal with and that all of us need more help in this week. We're going to talk about stress. Everybody say stress. Say it again, stress. Man, I feel better just saying it. It just gets it away from me a little bit. Stress, all right? It's one of the number one topics when I ask people, what do you wanna hear more about from the Bible? It's one of the number one things. I've reached out, done some surveys, and everybody says, number one answer, I wanna know about this. I wanna know how to live this way. So we're gonna look at stress. We're gonna look at what Jesus says, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I do wanna recognize a group of people that are a part of our community that are also part of our spiritual family, many of them, and that is our first responders. Here at the Keller campus last night, we had the opportunity to honor them. We had a meal, we served them a good Texas barbecue meal. I shared with them a little word for them about protection, prayed over them, also just coached them up a little bit on thinking about their own lives and thinking about this a very challenging profession, uh, high adrenaline, high stress, 
and talked to them a little bit about marriage and family and prayed over them. And they are so concerned about us. A lot of times nobody's concerned about them. We had a fantastic time, gave them a gift card for a little night out with their wife and uh, family or husband. And so uh, it was so awesome. Can you guys put your hands together with me and celebrate those who protect us? Come on. They protect us, serve us. And, uh, and so we just want to honor them. Let's talk about this subject of stress. As I started praying for you this summer, I just began to get a little burdened about this. Again, as a past pastor, I work with people. I've had to learn some of these things myself. I just recognize that the way we're doing life today, we're not managing life that well. We're dealing with stress. And uh, I had some stressful things happen this week. First off, I've become a cheer dad. I got the moves. So I have three girls and one boy. My football player graduated and went to college, so now I go to the games. I just find me some guy to root for, you know what I'm saying? I just, just adopt a kid, um, you know, and just analyze the game, and then I wait for the halftime show. Come on, everybody. So. We had a game on the east side of Dallas on I-30. I left Keller, Texas at five o'clock. I arrived at the stadium at 6.40. I'm talking about stress, people. I'm talking about traffic. I'm talking about 6.35, Angry Friday. That's what I'm talking about. People making gestures at the pastor. I don't know what God's gonna do to them, but they were making gestures. People are keyed up on the roads. Are y'all with me, all right? Had a second stressful event, and that is I play fantasy football with 11 other spiritual, supposed to be spiritual leaders that serve you, that are supposed to be in the Bible, that are supposed to be aware of the fact that we are saved by grace. I had a technological error because I'm not that skilled, and I lost my quarterback last week inadvertently. I then sent out a text to this milestone group of spiritual people that guys, this was not on purpose. Can y'all show me grace? Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. No response, no nothing, no concern for their jobs as I am their boss. <laughs> Just crickets, and I mean, just tormenting me, and I don't know what God's gonna do to them for that. But anyway, I had that level of stress. The other areas, I had, I had so many robocalls last week. Come on, guys, are y'all struggling with this, the robocalls? Come on, look, whoever gave our number out, we need you to come forward at the end of the service. We wanna minister to you, wanna lay hands on you suddenly. Um, and so I don't, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, the truth is, we all have things during the week that can stress us out. And the fact is, I had some other things in that. I just think it's cool to laugh in church and let off a little uh, stress, if you will. But I know maybe some of you are facing a challenging season. Maybe you've got some financial things. Maybe you've got some health things. Maybe you're facing big changes. Maybe you've got big responsibility on your shoulders at this time in your life. Maybe you're concerned about a kid. I, I don't know. I do know this, that this stress thing impacts all of us. I do know also I did an interview a few years ago with physicians in our church, 
and um, I'm continuing to kind of follow this. I don't know how to put all the statistics because I'm not a physician. I'm a little bit concerned with putting too many statistics out there, but I do know this. A large percentage of what physicians are dealing with today are related to the way we're living life. So they're seeing patients and they're saying, okay, wait a minute, I'm having this heart thing, I'm having this thing, I'm having this, this muscle thing, I'm having this neurological thing, I'm, I'm, I'm facing this, and then, and most of the time, gastrointestinal issues. And most of the time, they do all the tests, they run all of it, they can't put their finger on the exact thing, and it's, it's stress-related. It's stress-related. And, and so this, this issue of stress and and, and high intensity and adrenaline that hits our system that's there designed by God for moments where we need it for fight or for flight. We're living with an inordinate amounts of living under that type of lifestyle, which is not good for our bodies and our bodies are not made to live with that level of toxicity and stress all the time. I saw something interesting the other day that now high-end vacation places, you can, for an upcharge, ask to have no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Come on, that's interesting. <laughs> we don't have enough discipline to disconnect, so we will pay you to be our accountability partner so that we can get away, so that we can get some rest, so we can de-stress, so we can detox. Jesus speaks of something right here that I think gives us some great tools in our generation to deal with this stress issue. Now, he's, to be fair to the context, he's talking about a specific burden, but I do believe his application applies to all areas of life, and he really touches the pinpoint place where this starts and comes from. He starts here, as you just look at a little bit of the context, he's talking to some cities who won't receive him, and he says, woe to you, you won't receive me, you should have received me. I don't know about you, but I don't want Jesus in heaven saying, look, I've got this available, I'm available to you, but woe to you because you won't receive me or what I have. He then prays an interesting prayer and he prays to the Father and he says, Father, I praise you that you did not let this revelation, this spiritual information that can transform your life, you didn't, you kind of hid it from those who think they're more wise than God. For those who have a spirit of pride and arrogance and kind of think they have it all figured out, by the way, that's just, just, just a little tip on relating to God. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He says, you've hidden it from those and you've offered it to the children. You've offered it to those who have childlike faith, to those who are in a receptive posture, and then he goes into something that I think speaks directly to us. He says, come to me. The last place we go in our generation for the source of life, for the help that we need, for the joy that eludes us, for the power that we need many times is the last place we go is to Jesus, to think about our lives. He says, no, I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all of you who are carrying this weight of burden, come to me and I will give you rest. So what is he saying? Rest is a spiritual understanding, it's a, it's a relationship with him, it's a connection to him, it's not just a nap, though I plan to get one today. Thank God for naps. But if you don't know what real rest is, you can take a vacation and take a nap and come back with just as much anxiety and just as much pressure as you had before you took the nap. He says, I have to give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. I'm gonna come back to that in a minute, that's not an egg yolk. 
That's a farming term. It's not familiar to a lot of us. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. That's what we're going to do together in the next few moments if you're willing to receive. We're going to learn from Jesus. Well, he says, learn from me. There's a different way to do it. I want to give you permission to learn a different way, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So he says, there is not an external thing that's going to de-stress you. There's an internal thing called rest for your souls that comes from coming to me. Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. To be fair again to the text, Jesus is talking to a group of people who have come under this burden of religious pressure, religious approval. Their, their performance-based issues that always create stress are related to their understanding of God because they're living in a culture and a time where these religious leaders are putting on them, well, you could have this from God if you perform properly and perfectly for that God. Jesus' message is, I come to take the disapproval that you deserve, I come to take the disapproval that was your lot, I come to take the burden that you couldn't carry, I come to take it so that you can have a burden that is light and you can have free access with God who created you. So Jesus has that message, but I do think the same application in our world today, there are still people today, in fact, when I talk to people a lot of times and I'll talk about God or where you at in your relationship, and I do a fair amount of coaching with people even in this area who deal with stress and pressure, and man, stress will break your body down, stress will break your marriage down, stress will break your relationship with your kids down, it'll come upon you, and a lot of times I start talking about what, where are you at in your soul, and people say, I'm not that religious, and that's so common still today. Let me encourage you, if that's your thought, look, I'd like to have what you're talking about, Pastor. I'm just not that religious. Being a non-religious person is a good thing. Because Jesus didn't come to bring us religion. He did give us parameters. He does have something to say about how we live. And yet, he comes to us, though, the basis of our relationship is not our performance before God. It's what Jesus completed for us, and it's a gift from him. So if you're not religious, you're postured in a good place to have a real relationship with Jesus. In fact, religious people a lot of times can, can push God away in their lives. But we see here a powerful principle. I like it in the message version as well. Are you tired? That's like a status symbol in our culture. How you doing? Man, I'm just tired, man. Just, just, just worn out, man. Just tired. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, look at this, walk with me, work with me. It's not like we can stop our responsibilities, but he's saying how you do what you do, how you do your work, let me work with you in it, work with me, watch how I do it. Let's go to this yoke symbol here. Look at this. This is a picture of what he's talking about. And so we don't a lot of times think about that, but it's, we get in the yoke with Jesus. So do you start your day going, Jesus, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this to please you. I want to work as unto you. So I want now you to be in this with me and lead me 
toward working it out with you to where I make better decisions because if you do it with Jesus, you don't end up in a place that destroys your life because he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, there's a better way to do it. I wanna give you rest in your souls. I wanna tell you, I progressively learned some of the things that I'm preaching to you and still to this day have to have accountability. I put things around my life to help me with this because I have a tendency to work it out myself. When I was in my early 30s, our church starting out, our church started to really grow. Didn't have as many staff. I was preaching way too much, leading way too much, doing way too many things, thinking I was the savior of the world. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody out there think you're the one to fix everything on the planet? Come on now, oh, y'all look so judgmental right now. But anyway. <laughs> and so I was doing too much. I got invited by some people that are heroes of mine, just people in what I do. By the way, don't just translate this to pastors, but pastors, by the way, um, it, it, there's, a lot, there's a lot that don't finish the race. And even those who finish it, they don't finish with their relationships intact in a healthy place. And I was on track to maybe be in an unhealthy leader along the way and I went to this meeting and man, I was thinking we're gonna get some tips, we're gonna get some techniques, we're gonna get some ways to advance the ball, move the ball down the field. I'm not great at maintenance, I wanna see things move forward and so I got invited, there's all these heroes of mine, there's some of my peers. And we got there to this meeting and for three days all they wanted to talk about was not burning out. I thought, man, milk toast brothers here, I mean, come on, man. What's, what do we do? Again, y'all are looking judgmental, it's on your face. Quit looking so judgmental at me. Are we really going to fly across the country to get together and take away from time from our families and what we do to sit around and talk about stress? And I gotta be honest with you. It's just, it's, it's, it can come to all of us. I just want you to hear my story about it. Those of us who what I'm talking about this weekend think that you're above it, that you're bigger than it, and it doesn't pertain to you, need to listen with both ears. Because I thought, look, I'm different than now. I'm, you know what, I'm doing good, I'm strong. But it comes on us all. I had to go back and tell them, I'm sorry. I had a wrong posture and a wrong attitude. I started seeing friends burn out, people spin out of control. I started seeing it and it began to be revelation. So I started out on a journey to learn some things about how to do it different. And you know, one of the things I learned along the way is sometimes what you need, and maybe I could be that person even just in a preaching message, sometimes you need permission to do it different. Sometimes you just need somebody to say, look, you don't have to do it this way. You don't have to do it the way you've seen. You don't have to do it the way you naturally think about it. And so I wanna talk about five ways in our final moments together, five ways that Jesus gives us permission to do it different. Five ways he gives us permission. Number one, you have permission to honestly assess your stress. Assess your stress. You have permission to look at it. Now again, let's, let's admit something here. If we were good at defining when stress was out of control in our lives, we wouldn't be at the doctor going, I don't know what's wrong. The reason we're at the doctor is this thing lurches, it lures, it's hidden in the shadows, it's coming on us, we're compounding it, we're doing more, it's hitting us, our bodies are breaking down, and then we're like, what do I have? The doctor can't diagnose it, which creates more stress. Then we get on WebMD, and we have all kinds of scenarios, and by the end of it, we've basically played out the fact that we're gonna be debilitated in five weeks. And it's on us, and the problem is we never stop to assess 
How am I doing life? Jesus saying, look, come to me. If you've got burden, if you're heavy, look, I want to talk to you about this. I'm a source for you. So we're not good at assessing it, okay? So if you right now are having some of those health troubles, I'm not saying all health troubles are related to stress only, but I will tell you it can compound them. If you have a loss of joy, if you have an inability to be present with the people that you love, if you have this desire to retreat and withdraw, if you wake up on Monday going, oh my gosh, you just wanna retreat, withdraw, you go from times of great excitement to times of great despair, you could be operating on, under a, a level of stress that God's not asking you to operate under. Now you're like, Jeff, wait a minute now, wait a minute. Okay, let's talk real life here for a minute. Is all stress bad stress? No. Stress on the muscles is what strengthens the muscles. There's an appropriate level of stress. And you're like, Jesus, come to me? Wasn't he just like a rabbi who walked around and like it just did, did miracles? So what does Jesus have to tell me about being heavy burdened? You ever thought about Jesus' life? Jesus had problems with his family. He was hated by people. He was unjustly accused. How many of y'all like being unjustly accused? When somebody says, you did that, you know you didn't. Boy, it's just like, ooh, ooh. Jesus' whole life was he was the perfect lamb of God and he was unjustly accused and he dealt with all kinds of things coming his way. When he took our burdens, there was a moment where he was under such great pressure because that burden of our sin, your sin and my sin, would separate him in a moment from the Father there as he took the sin of humanity and he literally, as he was projecting into that moment and calculating that moment, his capillaries burst, he sweat blood. Jesus can talk to us about stress. There's good stress in our lives, but there's also bad stress in things. And I believe all of you fit in one of these three categories. Some of you, as I'm talking, you're getting an awareness. Wait a minute, I need to assess my stress. I need to think about this. I need to think about why I can't be present with my wife and kids or my husband and my kids. I need to think about why I'm, I, I need to think about what's going on in my body. Might not just be that I'm getting older, but it's how I'm getting older and trying to live in a different way at a pace that's not healthy for me. So you need to have an awareness moment. Some of you need permission, which is what I'm trying to give you, okay? And some of you, everybody smile, will only learn through tribulation. I hate that, but the only way you're gonna learn is things are gonna break. The car's going too fast, you think you're better than every other person, and you have this pride built up so you will have things break. Can I, as your pastor, recommend revelation over tribulation? Revelation is much better than tribulation. And you can cause some effects that outside of a miracle of God, they, they, they can't be reversed. Relationships and situations. Here's the second thing, you have permission to carry what Jesus gives you, not outside obligations. The Bible has a big theme in it, and the theme is stewardship. The theme of our culture today is, I can be over everything, fix everything, do everything. Jesus says, come to me, let me get in the yoke with you, and Jesus gets in the yoke, and when Jesus gets in the yoke, we plow the row with Jesus that he's calling us to plow. We run the race he set before us. And so when we do what Jesus is calling us to plow, we get the fruit that Jesus has for our life. When we plow alone, we end up all over the place dealing with the implications of that fruit. And so Jesus says to you, look, come with me, get in the yoke with me, let's do this together, okay? You have permission. 
The Bible starts in the, in the book of Genesis with God setting boundaries and saying, look, I've given you all of this. The first sin of humanity was stepping outside of God's boundaries and saying, look, I have all of this, but I want that too. And that's what happens to us. The, the Jesus over and over talking about stewardship. And so you have, you have permission to do what Jesus is calling you to do, but not necessarily live under the obligation of what everybody else is calling you to do. We make it hard for each other today because now we have computerized ways to manage one another's lives. I had another stressful thing this week. I got invited to a couple's shower. Now, I don't know who's designing this, probably the person with the robocalls. Where I come from, I didn't go to showers, and I've done great at this point. I turned 46 yesterday. I made it real good never going to a shower, so I don't figure I'm gonna start anytime soon, and y'all are looking at me, judging, and I'm fine, because I'm not obligated. I don't feel any pressure or condemnation. And so my wife said, there's a couple shower. I'm like, who started that? They said, well, it's Jefferson, you know, baby moons and couple showers. I said, well, fine, I'm, it's awesome. Um, I, I'm not going. I'm not going, okay? But then she showed me something that made me realize, because I don't get a lot of these that you guys live under. She said, Jeff, I want to show you the Evite. I'm like, well, that's fascinating. I learned something about what y'all live under obligation. Because on the Evite, you have the people who, who, who check yes, and there's a lot of them, and we'll be attending, and we'll be attending, and party, and yes, we're attending. You have the middle people who are maybes. But one person is bold enough to say no. How do they have the audacity to say, I will not be attending? And we all look at that person, loser, and there's no good reason why you're saying no, you're not attending. We want you to be miserable with us. Now, how can you say no? Come on now. By the way, millennials just say yes and they say yes to everything. They keep their options open. They're probably not coming, but they'll just say yes because they don't want to offend anybody. So they'll just say yes to all the Evites. It's just all Evites. I'm in on all of them. Not going to attend maybe any of them, but I'm going to, you know, just say yes to everything. Okay. I use that as a humorous way to say that all week long you have obligations and you better become good at asking God, is this my season? Is this in my rhythm? Is this in what God's called me to? If you have a financial life that says yes to everything, you will end up broken in debt. That's why we have FPU here, by the way, to help you get a budget to prioritize God, to prioritize all these different areas in God's way under God's stewardship. But then can I say something else though? I find that a lot of people who are great financial managers are terrible life managers. They, they are terrible with a life budget. Do you have a life budget? Do you have a, a prayer at the first of the year? God, what are you asking me to do? What are you calling me to steward? And if you live under obligation, and those of you with high levels of responsibility in your makeup, the higher you are responsible for things, the more you have the tendency to take on things outside the boundaries that God has set for your life. And when you do, you're inviting stress into your life. Number three, you have permission to step away from toxic relationships, okay? Now, that's not saying you can step away from your marriage and your kids. Come on now. God has given you a stewardship there, okay? All right, we have, steward, we have a stewardship of certain relationships, but outside of that, there are certain relationships 
that are so toxic that if you're gonna live with higher levels of peace in your life, certain people, the Bible says, be at peace with everyone as it depends upon you. We have to forgive others, but that doesn't mean we have to put ourselves in proximity with people who are toxic. Toxic people love drama. Unhealthy people ignore boundaries. And unhealthy people drain the life out of others. I was doing some outside work the other day, different stuff, I haven't had a tick in years. I don't know when the last time you had a tick was, but I got a tick on my ankle. I don't know how you can attach himself to my ankle. It's the one part of my body that's fairly, you know, slim and in control. It's like, but he was up on there, man, and I didn't know he was there, you know? And I looked at him, and that thing was growing because he was sucking the life out of me. Some people are ticks. They're getting big, just sucking the life out of others. Number four, you have to have permission to admit more is not always better. I realize this is countercultural. I know this sounds crazy. In our more world, in our more generation, if a little bit is good, a whole lot more is better. But the truth is from this verse that I want you to, to hear, and I've had to make this verse a part of my life, it's so true, and that is Proverbs 15, 16, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a little with your marriage intact, better a little with your health intact, better a little with your kids developing okay because you're not so overconsumed with feeding your thirsty soul with your performance-driven ideas that you leave them behind. They're not an accessory. They're not gonna raise themselves. They take investment. So better a little with God's peace and God's grace than a whole lot with stress and turmoil. Every, I want everybody to look at me, every open door is not a God door. Every open door is not a God opportunity. Every, so it's, it's God asking me, does this fit with where God has me in my life? Here's number five. You have permission to choose faith over fear. Jesus is speaking to them about coming to him in a way of life that he gives rest to the soul. One of the greatest things that creates unrest in the soul, and they had it here because they were, they were in fear of not performing religiously and living under the burden that fear comes with. And Jesus is like, look, I wanna change the game. Our relationship, I don't want to motivate you based on fear, I want it to be based on love and great. And so he's like, look, I'm, I'm trying to change the dynamic of our relationship. Performance is based out of fear. Living life out of control is usually based out of fear. Fear that you won't get something, fear that you won't get there. Fear is a high motivator of our culture, by the way. Fear is at an all-time high in our culture. We didn't used to have access to all the scenarios and information that we have today. So fear was a part of their culture, but look, they didn't have email. They didn't have social media. They couldn't binge on Netflix. And here's Jesus talking to them about, let me give you rest for your souls. If they needed to hear that in their generation, how much more do we need to hear it in ours? Because everything in our world today runs on fear. If it bleeds, it leads. My wife sometimes will be listening to the news, I'm like, is that really news? Like, is that valuable information for us? Like, do we need to know every kind of rare, crazy thing all over the world, every little issue thing to just make us just scared to walk out the door every single day? 
So fear is on the rise. We're seeing it in young people. You saw it on Next Gen Weekend where our young communicators said that we're seeing high volumes of kids that come and we have a large group of young people, anxiety at all time high. Why? Because the, the message and the method, if you wanna get somebody to do something, make them scared. If you want temporary results, it'll eventually blow up, but you can get people to buy stuff, do stuff if you use fear. So we have a generation of kids that have grown up with fear as the dominant language of the culture. And so anxiety's at an all-time high. And so I, I just began to think about this, it's very simplistic, but I want us to think about this before I pray for you. Change, we talked about last week, is, is high. We're living in a rapidly changing world in our job lives and raising children and things. So we're, we're dealing with a higher level of change. Well, so we're dealing with a, a dominant language of fear in everything that we consume. And then anxiety is at an all-time high. So here's my encouragement about this issue of fear, okay? But yet in our culture, and I'm not beating you up, you're listening to this message, you're here, but I'm just saying overall, what we've seen is, is Bible reading and devotion and church engagement go down, right? So we're seeing fear going up, and what we used to do is we used to go to church on Sunday, and then we'd eat some ice cream and eat mama's pot roast, and then we'd take a nap, and then we kind of ease into the week. But now we got select ball and baseball and football and everything all on the weekend, games, we're full 24-7. These people, when, when it got nighttime, there wasn't a way to cheat the system. You went to sleep. Sleep is a big issue in our culture today because we think we're cheating the system because we have technology and the ability to work till 12, one o'clock in the morning, not get sleep, and we think we're bigger, but God has made us and created us and designed us for sleep, and if you don't know how to do that, then you're gonna have stress and anxiety. Here's all I'm saying. If the pastor could just say something about the way we're doing life, we still need the Bible. We still need church engagement. We still need a Sabbath day. We still need a Sunday to worship our God. We still need a day to, to, to watch a little football and relax and have a detox moment. We, need, we still need that today, okay? One of the verses I have my kids memorize, you have not been given a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. And there's a reason in the Bible it talks over and over and over and over in the Bible, do not be afraid. Because when you get engaged with the system of the world and you start progressing along and stress pulls down your strength mechanisms, it desensitizes you spiritually and it pulls down your ability to fight off these things spiritually and, and, and fear is a spirit. And when it comes, it'll start keeping you awake and you'll play out scenarios. And I, I wanna say to every person listening to me, if the spirit of fear has spoken to you about your future and you're living in a paralyzed state to the spirit of fear, you need to tell the spirit of fear what God's word says. God's word says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. God says, I love you, I, I have good things in store for you, I've given you the power to speak to the spirit of fear and I've given you a sound mind, not an anxious, worry-filled mind and I'm not asking you to be God. I got it all covered just by myself. If you'll let me, if you'll do what Jesus said, if you'll come to me, if you'll work with me, if you'll let me give you rest for your souls, I have it available. I love. 
1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What a great privilege we have right now. I wanna pray for you. That whatever you're anxious about, I wish I had more time to give you a lot more practicals on this, but I'm just trying to inspire you to maybe lean into your own life budget, your own stewardship. But what I do wanna do is I wanna give you the opportunity. This guy, Peter, he had some fear issues. He had some failures. He walked with Jesus. And here he is later in his life saying, cast your cares upon him, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Cast your cares upon him. Cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. That's what we're gonna do right here in this moment. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. I'm gonna ask no one to move around for just a minute. It's an important moment. There's several people here right now that you say, Jeff, I thought you had to be religious to get rest for your soul. I wanna encourage you with this. There's no promotion. There's no step, no, there's nothing you could ever obtain that'll give you rest for your soul like Jesus. There's no heightened religious experience or your ability to perform that could in any way solve the problem of the soul. And Jesus came to take your burden, to take the sin that separates you from God. And if you're just willing to say, Jesus, here I am. I've tried everything else, I want rest for my soul. You can walk in here today full of anxiety and fear and worry about the future, and you can walk out with a Jesus that sticks closer than a brother, that'll walk with you and talk with you, and he will release your burdens. And you just simply say to him, Jesus, I come to you like I am. I believe you died for me, you rose from the dead, you took my sin, you defeated death. I believe you're alive today, Jesus. Come into my heart and life, become my Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, I'm asking you to let me know. Maybe you come to 101 after this and I'd love to meet you or maybe come forward, grab the hand of someone, fill out a card so we can help you. But I wanna pray in this final moment for a second group of people. There's some of you here, you go, Pastor, I need to cast some anxiety. I need to cast some anxiety. If he said I can cast it upon the Lord because he cares for you, I need, to, I need to cast that anxiety. I've been dealing with that, that pressure, that stress. This message is for me. I wanna pray a specific prayer for you. You say that spirit of fear maybe has been working in your heart and life. Would you just slip your hand up with every head bowed and say, that's me. Many, many hands across this room. Many of you working through that. And I want right now where you're at very specifically to say, just between you and God, you have not given me, just say it to him between you and him. You have not given me a spirit of fear, but you have given me love power and a sound mind. So you just say, and so now I cast this anxiety upon you, Lord. I thank you that I can come to you, Jesus. I'm heavy burdened, but I want you. If Jesus promised there in Matthew 11, he promised you, I will give you rest for your souls. And so today you just say to Jesus, like a child, I receive rest for my soul. I receive rest in my soul. I say to the spirit of fear, it has no authority in my life. I receive rest for my soul today. Thank you, Jesus. I wanna walk with you and work with you. This week even, I'm gonna go to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, 
please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.